Welcome into the Off the Post podcast. I'm Nick Dovai. I'm with my co-host Lucas Tashi. Today, we're going to be recapping some of the league games over the weekend. We're going to be going through the Champions League and the Europa League. And then we're also going to get into some news from around Europe. We hope you guys enjoy the show. All right, Lucas. So we're recording this Friday, October 14th. We got a lot of material to go over. Where should we start? Oh, man. Let's just start with the news from around the league, because or all the leagues, because there has been so much that's happened before we get into the actual matchups, because, yes, the matchups are juicy, but I think the latest news that have come out is just even crazier. So you want to get started with that? Yeah. Uh, should we talk about our uh, Parisian prince first? Let's do it. I mean, okay. he's not our prince anymore. I think we can talk about it afterwards but we both are on the same boat that we are not a big fan of this guy anymore no i i mean i totally agree with you just the the news came out recently that uh mbappe has you know it's just it's just hard to to even put into words he is essentially just asking out of paris saint germain and uh he wants to try and leave in january and then there are also reports that the manager and director also want to leave in January. But for the biggest part here, I think it's important that we just focus on Mbappe. Uh, I mean, it's clear that he's unhappy. It's very obvious to me just based on the reports that we've heard since he signed this deal that he's just been unhappy. And, I mean, we predicted this. I don't know how anybody could have foreseen anything else happening other than this. Yeah. I mean, it's just clowny, like, behavior from him, to be honest. Like, I cannot believe that he has come out. Not him has has come out, but the reports have come out that he wants to leave PSG already. And he had just signed a new contract. uh, And one of the things that I saw was that he wanted to sign the new contract and he wanted PSG to sign Chouameni from, uh, uh, at the time, Monaco. But they hadn't. And he was pissed off about that. But I think that's just a sidebar. I think, realistically, he does not like being in the shadow of Messi and Neymar. He does not like being in a position that he's going to have to play far left uh, instead of up top mean being the main focal point. Whereas PSG right now, they have Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, all three are important to the team. And Thierry Henry said this perfectly on the CBS Sports uh, soccer podcast or soccer podcast. Uh, preview show for the Champions League, he, when he went to Barcelona, Pep Guardiola played him as a left winger. Historically, Thierry Henry was always a striker. One of the best strikers to play the game. Scored so many goals for Arsenal. But Thierry Henry, when he went to Barcelona, he had to play on the left wing because Pep wanted to play Messi as that false nine center forward type player and have Thierry Henry... On the left, similar to how PSG are playing at the moment, where it's Mbappe on the left, Messi in the middle, Neymar on the right. Thierry Henry obviously wasn't happy about it, but he's a professional. He said, I'll do whatever it takes to help my team win. And he went on to win the Champions League. So Mbappe is being very selfish and he's acting very immature, in my opinion. So really, I just think this is very, very clowny behavior. And it's going to be very difficult for any team to see this kind of player and be like, huh, yeah, we want to spend uh, upwards of a million 
pounds or a million euros a week for this guy's salary. Yeah, I agree with that. And I just want to read uh, this quote that Christophe Galtier uh, said over the, you know, a couple of days ago. I'm trying to reassure him by finding different options. I don't know what the club told him before I arrived in the summer, but we are very sensitive as to how he feels and what he says because he is a very important player for the team. It just seems to me that he thinks he's bigger than PSG. And yeah. all, all this is kind of telling me is that, you know, the amount of money that they offered him and the whole news that's surrounding his decision and the promises that they made to him, I think that's what caused him to go over his head. And I also think the move that Holland made to Man City is also kind of amplify this more because, in my opinion, it's not as if we're talking about Mbappe any less or any more compared to what we have in the past, right? We still rate him great as a player. Uh, we think he's super creative. He's very good all around. He's got a decent work rate. But at the same time, we kind of talked about Holland the same last season until he moved to Manchester City. And now he's getting all the press that, you know, Messi got at the time when he was just on a superstar level, where Ronaldo got at the time when he was just at a superstar level. When yeah, yeah. people talk about this season, the first player that they talk about just in any of the five leagues is Holland. That yeah. he, he is the center of attention. And I think Mbappe... I'm not going to say that he's jealous necessarily of it, but he just sees that, you know, Holland is getting the accolades that he not necessarily is. And I think to him, that's also part of the reason why he's a little bit unhappy. It's because he stayed and because he didn't go to, you know, Real Madrid or even the Prem where Liverpool were interested in him. I think that's kind of the the cause where people see him kind of as the same player that he's always been, but people are looking at Holland totally differently now than before. Yeah, no, 100% agree. And I mean, I've come out and said that if I were to pick a player between Mbappe and Holland, this was uh, a month ago, I would pick Mbappe over Holland to build my team around. Yep. However, with his attitude right now, I'm not sure I can still say the same because what Holland does is yes he brings the goals he brings the team morale up to another level that not only will he bring the goals but he'll also distribute the goals but he's a such a pivotal player for man city right now that he is taking away two defenders just to guard him that leaves up open the outside uh wingers Mares, Foden, whoever that may be but Mbappe, he can do that same thing. The issue is he wants the limelight. And I think it, this is similar to what happened when Neymar left Barcelona for PSG, you know, where Neymar was behind the spotlight of Messi. And, I mean, now they're teammates again. And he's still under the spotlight of Messi. Uh, I think Mbappe made a bad decision in the beginning of the season. And we said this, that him staying at PSG is not good for him. Even though it's a two-year deal, we knew he was going to leave eventually. But now there's bad blood with Real Madrid and Mbappe because Real Madrid do not want to pay his wages. They feel upset 
that Mbappe decided to essentially say no to them and stay at PSG for the money. And, I mean, now, look where it's gotten them to. Uh, Real Madrid are in a way better position, and I cannot think of a team that Mbappe can go to in January. So, just to, to piggyback off of what you said with Real Madrid, I 100% agree. I mean, we've seen time and time again, uh, Fiorentino Perez just specifically, when Ronaldo wanted him to kind of just help him with the tax situation, Perez was just like, well, what can we do here? We can't really do anything. There's yeah. nothing for us to do. It's on you. You're you're responsible. The, the outlook has always been when he's been the president that no player is bigger than the club. And for him to see something like this, then, you know, I feel like that would be off-putting for him. And also another thing, too, where, you know, the plan was before last season that Mbappe would be the player that slotted in to the, the left wing or the center position. But then you've seen Benzema, you know, probably going to win the ball on door this season. And you've seen Vinicius become the player that he is. The yeah. only the only way that he he would get into the starting lineup was if he played on the right. And even then, Rodrigo and Federico Valverde have been outstanding this season. So to me, it just seems like Real Madrid doesn't really have a need for him. As far as the striker to replace Benzema when the time comes, it's going to try and be Holland. Like that's going to be the, where the outlook is, you know, two or three seasons from now. But I just feel like, you know, for him, the only place that I can think of that would take him right now is is Newcastle and and maybe, maybe Liverpool. Long shot, but maybe Liverpool can afford him at the moment. I agree with that. I agree with that. But in terms of just like, let's say money didn't matter, right? We're talking just players and positions of need. I can only just see those two. Money included, Newcastle is like the only one. Yeah, Newcastle's going to pay that that wage. But uh, can he not go to the Champions League? That's another thing. That's because great- if, he goes to, if he goes to Newcastle, we know that he's not going to be able to do well or as well as he currently is, right? Yeah. He's going to miss out on a half a season in the Champions League. And... It's not like Holland going to Man City where he has a Kevin De Bruyne, Phil Foden, Riyad Mahrez, Bernardo Silva right behind him. Newcastle at the moment are a growing club. They're building their players. They made a great signing in Alexander Rishak. Uh, they have Bruno G there who is going to sign a new contract with them. Great signing, by the way. But at the moment, there's nobody else really behind Mbappe that is going to be able to help him uh, essentially score those goals, be a playmaker, no playmaker behind him. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I just, I just wish that PSG, because of the signings that they made this summer, I really love this window for them. You know, they shored up the center of their midfield and yeah. I just feel, I just feel like there's always something going on with them. There's always drama and it's, you know, it's, it's either Mbappe or it's Neymar. It's not necessarily Messi, but like, yeah, it's mostly yeah. those two, and I mean, Messi might not even stay after this season. So it's just, it's just really the star players that they have. They act kind of like divas, 
and I just I'm not sure what's gonna happen to them. And you know what? I'll give credit a little bit of credit to Neymar because it's it hasn't really been him. It hasn't been Neymar this season. Yeah, yeah, not even last season. I yeah. mean, it's really just been Mbappe recently, and uh, it's tough. You know, it's tough to see. Uh, I have no real love for them at all, but I feel for the the players themselves to be put in the situation with you know the club doing what it's doing and what they promised Mbappe. Agreed. Agreed. Um just one other point on Mbappe. I can see him going to Man United. I wouldn't like it. The only reason I would see him going to Man United is because Ronaldo also wants to leave. So the way that I see it is swap Ronaldo and Mbappe, and there you go, sorted. Uh, pretty much was, the same salaries, right? They, yeah, they have the same wages. But Manchester United would have to pay a fee with that. There's no yeah, way. They would. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that would be the striker position sorted out for uh, United. I just don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but I can see, I mean, that would be a great signing for them. And that's probably the only way that he can really get that competition versus Holland if that's what he wants. You know what I mean? I agree with you. Uh, I want to get into some cool news, so we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about El Clasico just yet. But uh, Drake, <laughs> so he's he's reached 50 billion streams on Spotify. I just want to make note of this. You can make a comment on this before we get into other serious discussions. I just think it's so sick that they're releasing new jerseys with the uh, Ovo logo for El Clasico this Sunday. It's unreal. I don't know if they're selling these jerseys. If they are, then they're gonna make a lot of money on it because. You know, I I know people who would be neutral fans who would just want to buy this jersey, similar to what they wanted to do when they bought the Air Jordan PSG jerseys when they came out a few years ago. So I just think that's a sick move. Um, that was fire. So fire. Reese James will likely miss the World Cup due to a knee injury. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's I think that's so serious for England. I mean. In all honesty, Lucas, I'm not too concerned with Chelsea because they do have a decent amount of depth. Aspilicueta can play his position in the meantime, right? But, I mean, for England, that, that just means to me that they're going to for sure start Trent Alexander-Arnold, and he has not had the best start to the season at all for them. Well, even Trent Alexander-Arnold picked up an injury over the weekend against Arsenal, and we'll get into the matchup, but he picked up an injury Kyle Walker has been injured. Well, he actually got injured last weekend, too. So in the span of five days, uh, England have essentially lost three right backs. But I will say, I don't even think Trent was in the picture. I think what they would have done was brought up Kieran Trippier as their third string uh, right back. And, I mean, he played right back for them in the 2018 World Cup, scoring that free kick. Uh, And he's been in really good form this year, actually, for Newcastle. So I can see him being the uh, right back. And, hey, who knows, maybe Ben White, if they want to call him up, play right back. Yeah, if he, if, he, if Ben White's been 10 out of 10 every single game, unbelievable. Royce, Royce that's what he is. Um, Trent's only out for a couple of weeks, so I think he'll, he'll still make the squad. Uh, I really hope Ben White gets in. He, de- he deserves it, in my opinion. And uh, he's super versatile. So we're, we'll talk about that later. What else did we want to talk about? Dybala getting hurt, obviously. Dybala got hurt. Impacts uh, Argentina. 
Yeah, they don't know the extent yet of his injury because it's a quadriceps injury. So it could be a few weeks, but if he tore his quad, then he's out for essentially the season. Um, I wanted to read to you. Mm-hmm. We go into the fixtures over the weekend, right, with the league. Uh, the list of candidates for the European Golden Boy. All right, I just okay. want to read you these players. I just think it's it's super fascinating to like to see if you've heard of any of these players because you've heard of some of them, right? Yeah. Uh, I think a, a lot of the players that we just know off the top of our head are probably ineligible, which is why they're not on here. But um, Kareem Adeyemi from Dortmund, absolutely smashing it this season. Yes. Uh, Antonio Silva from Benfica. I honestly don't know too much for him. Jude Same Bellingham way. from Dortmund. Camavinga from Madrid. Fabio Carvalho from Liverpool. Fatih and Gavi from Barcelona, Wilfred okay. Nacho from Leeds, who they just recently signed over the summer, Gravenberg from Bayern, uh, Guardiol from RB Leipzig, uh, Fabio Moretta from Juventus, Masala from Bayern has been unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Nico from Valencia, Nuno Mendes from PSG, Pedri from Barcelona. Scalvani from Atalanta, Sesco from Salzburg, who I know you love. Uh, and the, and by the way, this this isn't necessarily like the clubs that they're moving on to after this season, right? Tell from Bayern again, Udogi from Udinese, who Tottenham, I'm pretty sure, signed, and Zalewski from Roma. So, I mean, just interesting names just to keep out for, right? I mean, some big names we've heard of already, and then some names on the back half of the 20 that we haven't, but... I mean, what's crazy is that all of these names are, they have become household names, or almost all of the names have become household names, yet they're still not even 20 years old. Um, Pedri, Gavi, Jude Bellingham, not even 20 years old. And yeah. I, I think one player that's been been missed out is Yusuf Mukoko from Dortmund as well. Uh, 17-year-old, unbelievable striker. Oh, my God. He had this, he had this, uh, shot it led to a goal last week where he flicked it over the defender and volleyed it and the keeper saved it and someone scored off the rebound and I was just like oh my god what are you doing but like just totally impressed with him uh I think in my opinion I think Bellingham or Musala will be the one of the two that wins it uh I think you think who Bellingham Bellingham is gonna win it just because how important he is for Dortmund. Dude, he's already captaining Dortmund in Champions League matchups at 19 years old. At 16, he was captaining Birmingham City. And now at 19, he's captaining Borussia Dortmund on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Like, how insane is that? Well, listen, there's a reason why they retired his jersey, I think, from Birmingham City. Uh, He's just a special player, special person, special talent, saved the club financially. His brother is also really good. So, yeah. so uh, I mean, we'll see what ends up happening. To get to 17 caps for England, I mean, this guy, he's going to be, in my opinion, the player that all the big clubs want next summer. Yeah. Yeah. Madrid, there's already been reports about that where Chelsea is willing to bid $100 million, and I think he's worth more. Uh, oh. Real Madrid are going to put a bid in. Liverpool are going to put a bid in. Every single team is going to put a bid in. Yeah, and it's going to just be up to him to decide where to go, I think. I think yeah. Dortmund will just be like, this is the price everyone will offer it, and he'll just pick who he wants. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I've seen reports that are saying that the, it's a tight race between Jude and Gavi. I'm not sure why Gavi is is really up there. Um, but if it is between those two, Jude one thousand percent deserves it more than Gavi. Yeah, I would put Pedri in ahead of Gavi. I, I agree. Pedri was hurt a little bit last season, but yeah. Gavi's Gavi's a good player. You know, credit to him. But I just think, to me, I mean, Masala for the start of the season that he's had this year, yeah. just been absolutely outstanding. And I mean, this kid is. He's so special. Just you can tell, like he's going to either be at Bayern or Real Madrid, and those are going to be like the only or Barcelona maybe, but those are going to be the few clubs that he's going to play for. He's only nineteen still too, just just crazy to me. I mean, uh, I could talk about young talent forever, but I think same. Uh, there's anything else that you'd want to talk about for news related? Do we want to talk about Jao Felix, the report that we heard today? I actually um, didn't. This report. So, if you don't mind telling me what happened, so he's been. Uh, so, I mean, listen, he always kind of hasn't really meshed totally well uh, with Simeone, Simeone, and I think because of that, he is just asked to leave, and uh, he hasn't gotten any games, uh, any playing time the last couple of games. So, for him, and I mean, those jerseys are really ugly too. So, like, I don't blame him at all. I just think that for him, he's kind of being wasted there. He deserves so much more. He carried Benfica to a lot of their wins when he played for them and then to move to Atletico. And I mean, he listen, he's become all around really good, hardworking player, but he also has so much potential and he's only 22. I would want to leave if I was him too. Yeah, Uh, he ruined his career. To be honest, when he went, not root, ruined his career, but yeah, he would have. He big time made a mistake going to Atletico Madrid because it does not suit his play style whatsoever. He is more of a technical player that he would have been suited perfectly for Real Madrid or Barcelona. Um, even if he goes to uh, an Italian side, he would have been suited perfectly over there. Uh, it's just not smart from uh, him to make that decision to go to Atletico Madrid. But, man, uh, I mean, he's still so talented. And I think he's, I mean, currently he's underrated just because he is on Atletico Madrid and he doesn't play much. How much do you think he'll be worth? I could see him getting sold for 100 million euros. Yeah. With how the market is at the moment, I I agree with that. Um, Where do you think would be his top team the one that's most likely to get him? Uh, I would say Chelsea. Chelsea or Manchester United because he can play in the middle as a striker. I think that's where he'd really develop as a false nine or an out-and-out striker. He could play both. Bayern Munich as well. Those would be the three teams just off the top of my head that I think he'd be really good at. Arsenal was linked with him over the summer, but I don't know uh, where they would have him in mind to play you know what I mean if he would play on the right wing or as a second striker rotating but he's so versatile that he could do a lot of different things uh but I just think those three clubs you know Chelsea Manchester United and Bayern were the ones that I thought about well Bayern they already have so many attacking um I can also see him going to Borussia Dortmund yeah and that would be a fantastic signing for them um where he can develop his game 
improve himself. Because look at uh, Hakimi. Hakimi left Real Madrid. He downgraded slightly, went to Borussia Dortmund, and he became one of the best right backs in the world yeah. at that point. Uh, they can really develop him, and I can see that be really beneficial for both him and the club. But yeah, I agree with that. one to watch out for. I, I honestly had no idea about this, but Atleti are just, uh, they're the worst. <laughs> let's uh, let's get into the fixtures over this past weekend because we haven't really talked or recapped the leagues too much so far this season. So um, should we start with the Serie A or do you want to go into the Bundesliga or the Premier League? Let's start with the Serie A where it's probably the most competitive at the moment. Uh, Milan versus Juve last weekend. Milan with an absolute dominant performance, 2-0 victory. However, it's also because Juve and Allegri are just absolutely dog crap. Trying to be trying to be PG, but they're they're not playing well whatsoever. They lost in the Champions League against Maccabee as well. So now they're on a two-game losing streak. And apparently the board is still saying that Allegri's their guy, which they're delusional. I don't know what Allegri has on them that he's making them keep him on there. But, dude, it is not good whatsoever. No, and their playing style is not good. The quality of the squad is better than how they've performed. And it's just, uh, it's disappointing, man. I really, you know, I like get nostalgic thinking about the old Juventus from like the yeah. early 2000s to to the late 2000s and, you know, Del Piero and Trezeguet, all, Marquisio even when he first started, like such a good team. And uh, they won so many Serie A titles in a row. Even that Juventus squad later on was great, but it's just crazy to me how far they've fallen off. This isn't. The fish rots from the head down, and this isn't just a managerial thing. This is an ownership thing. Uh, yeah. This is, this is like, a lot of just neglect by, you know, the family that owns Juventus. And I just feel like, you know, I thought that when they lost midweek in the Champions League that there was a 100% chance that he was going to get sacked after that game. And to see him still there, I'm just – I'm totally shocked. Yeah, I agree. And what's crazy is that – from first to sixth, there is currently nine, uh, four points differentiating them. There are 10 points between Napoli in first at 23 and Juve in eighth at 13 points. Yeah. In nine games, Juve have had 13 points. That's just over a point a game. And with Juve standards, that's not good enough whatsoever. No, which is ridiculous. Inter also has been super disappointing. I mean, it's it's cool to me that it's through nine games, Napoli and Atalanta are both just unbeaten so far, and uh, only only two points really separating them. I know uh, Lazio, Udinese, and Milan are all tied behind at twenty, and Roma's having a great season. You know, nineteen points from nine games is really really good, and yeah. you. Normally being the Champions League with that amount of points in any other league except for this one. So yeah. uh, just just totally outstanding race. I mean, we, you and I have talked about the Serie A time and time and again that it is easily the most competitive league right now. And I personally think that 
you know, the products for Serie A and the engagement that fans have, like, it could be so much more popular in the United States if they advertise the product like they do for the Premier League. Yeah, I will say they have improved that greatly. Um, over the last couple of years with uh, CBS Sports and the Paramount app, they have definitely improved the coverage that the Serie A has had. Um, because when you watch the Champions League now, now you're going to get advertisements for the Serie A, and they're promoting Serie A a lot more now. So I think they are getting a lot more awareness there. But I, I do agree. It's never, I don't think any league in, the, in this country is going to be as big as the Premier League, um, just because you have so many of those top teams, uh, unless you're Italian, really. But the Serie A and I, 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 it's tough. I feel like there's no differentiating the Serie A, La Liga, and uh, Bundesliga versus the Premier League. Those three leagues are very close in terms of the awareness and the hype that they get uh, in the States. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, I want to go on to the Bundesliga, if that's good. Yeah. And I want to ask you, on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy would you be if Union Berlin won the Bundesliga title this season? Bro, that would be an amazing story. Like, really would be an amazing story, but it's not going to happen. No. Uh, they're currently in the Europa League, and they're they're just scraping by victories in every single matchup. Uh, they're just pulling off ways to get victories. It's similar to Leicester City in 2015, where they were just 1-0, 2-1, like barely barely winning meanwhile you have Bayern Munich who are currently in third with the plus 17 goal differential um yeah I, I just don't think it's sustainable for Union Berlin but the fact that they've been up here for the first nine games we had this last year where Bayern started off slow and then they picked it up and just ran over teams it's yeah. gonna happen again they're gonna end up winning uh but they did have a opportunity to get a victory against Dortmund, which would have taken them to a whole another another level, but they didn't. Dortmund with a 90th minute victory, uh, 90th minute goal tying goal, game tying goal. Yeah. I'm shot right. Game tying goal, which ha just had Dortmund going unbelievable. Uh, but if they had won that game, that would have helped them solidify pretty much their first spot. But really, they're going to get it eventually. It's just a matter of when and not if. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Uh, I don't know too much about who's going to win Serie A, but I still think Bayern is going to win the Bundesliga. There's so much more games to play. And their form, they, they've been out of form, and they're still only four points off of first place. So uh, too talented of a team, regardless of whether or not they have a striker. And I'll, I just foresee them continuing to, to play well. I think Union Berlin and Freiburg have had a hell of a season so far. And I'm just I'm curious to see what continues to happen, especially uh, with some of the games going on this weekend with Bayern actually playing Freiburg and Union Berlin playing Dortmund. You know, two massive games right there that'll kind of maybe change the way we see the Bundesliga after this weekend. So you never know. Agreed, agreed. And now, I mean, let's just get into the Prem uh, before we get into La Liga because, I mean, your boys, they're just crushing it right now. 
What? Scraping by 3-2 victories over Liverpool? Kind of should have probably gotten a penalty for Liverpool. But hey, a victory is a victory. Let me say something. I watched the replay. They showed another angle, and it hit his chest hurt first before it okay. hit the hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the first goal should have been the first goal. The referees actually went back and said that they should have given an offside call for Saka before Martinelli's goal because they didn't have the techn- uh, technology to apparently see that Saka was offside at the time. They had a. Uh, technological mishap there which is just weird to like say like bro yeah you guys created this how are you making mistakes listen honestly with uh with arsenal i feel like a lot of the vi- like the vibes the decisions they go your way if the the momentum is with you you know what i mean and the momentum is just with arsenal i know they lost to manchester united and, and this is the thing, Lucas, like calls will go against Arsenal this season. Calls will go for Arsenal this yeah. season. The same with the other clubs in the Premier League. That's just how it will go. It's a zero-sum game. You know, eventually it'll balance out over time. And I just think that this team has been incredible. This is the best team. We've talked about it since 07-08. Uh, mm-hmm. So over, four, over 14 years now, this is the best team that we've seen since. And... I don't think they'll win the title, but they will definitely push Manchester City just based off of what we're what we're seeing. You know, even when they lost against Manchester United, I didn't think that they played badly. They, I don't they, think they played. Yeah, they have not played really a bad game all season, and you know they they're gonna lose some games. Like that's that's just how it is. They're gonna lose some games. They're not gonna play well some games. Same thing will happen to Manchester City eventually, but. The way that Man City is playing, the squad that they have, the way that Holland is playing, uh, clearly being the best player in all of soccer so far to start the season, you know, it's hard to not see them uh, winning it at the end. If Arsenal do win it, though, it'd be incredible for them. Uh, I think that it's not necessarily set up for them this season, but maybe next season or the season after that, it's definitely possible because of the fact that the squad is the youngest in the Premier League. And I think that they're only going to continue to get better. You know, Martinelli, Saliba, in my opinion, has been the best defender in the Premier League so far this season. He's been, yeah, I think, I think that's, to me, I know that's slightly biased, but I, 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 it's hard for me to see anybody else that's been as good as him. On the other end of the spectrum, I want to hear your thoughts on Liverpool, because in my opinion, this is the Jurgen Klopp seventh season uh, destiny. I'm not sure if you saw it, but every single seventh season that Jurgen Klopp has, it just turns it around, like downfall. So like the peak was probably like in the middle around when they won the Champions League 2019. And now it's just down, down, down. And this is the bottom of it. And it can just get it from bad to worse over the weekend when they face Man City. But I want to hear your thoughts because right now they're in 10th place, not doing well whatsoever in the league, losing to United, losing to Liverpool, drawing against Fulham, drawing against, uh, I forget who it was, um, Brighton. Like, man, this team does not look the same. They don't, but they played really well against Arsenal over the weekend. Uh 
that uh, in my opinion, you know, if the game had finished with a point, I would not be surprised at all as well. Uh, they smashed Rangers this past week 7-1. So I just feel like, you know, if they beat Manchester City this weekend, I would not be shocked. I know it's it's a rough fixture list for them to start the season, but it really gets easier for them after this. Okay, so like yeah. let me let me just read it to you. They play West Ham, who's been kind of struggling this season, then Nottingham Forest. Uh, I'm not counting Champions League games, so so I'm going to pass those. Leeds United, uh, they play Tottenham, and honestly, they, they play favorably uh, against Tottenham just based on the way that Tottenham plays. Then there's uh, Southampton before they break for the World Cup, right? Yeah. They come back, they play Aston Villa, Leicester City, Brentford, Brighton before they play Chelsea. So... To me, like they're, they're, it's very clear that they can, they can go on a run. We saw this last season, too. They started off slow, and then they racked up like 10, 15 wins in a row to bring themselves up to second. So this team is more than capable of going on a run. I'm not going to rule them out until we're like 19 games in and we okay. haven't seen any improvement. I feel like they, we, uh, we at least owe them that you know what i mean 11 more games to see what happens to them that that's fair that's fair but i mean right now they just look like a shell of themselves defensively van dyke trent not good whatsoever andy robertson hasn't even been playing Simikas has been playing instead which I, i'm not sure if he's been hurt uh jordan henderson has not been playing well tiago has been dinged up this team is just a shell of themselves at the moment. I And I think the loss of Sadio Mane really has hurt them. Yeah. So let me just uh, say one more thing, too. So Andy Robson was hurt. He came back against Rangers. He helps Trent Alexander-Arnold a lot because yeah. he is so much better defensively. And obviously, in my opinion, one of the five best fullbacks in the entire world. But he... He is solid and he provides stability. So when whenever Trent goes up, you know, he can play as the inverted fullback and drop in as the third center back, right? When they they let Trent go forward. So I think we'll see them improve greatly. And uh, like I said, I'm not going to be concerned until we're halfway through the season and they're still 10th. Uh, I will say the race is going to be a lot tighter than what it is right now. And... It'll be interesting to see how this shakes out, right? Because Chelsea looked pretty good under Graham Potter. Now um, Manchester City are astounding. Arsenal are great. Tottenham kind of like, all right. You know what I mean? I think they have had an easy run of fixtures. When it comes to, yeah. Like they haven't faced the top dogs yet. Whereas like Arsenal faced United and Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like City have faced United and I believe that's it, actually, yeah. But Tottenham only faced Chelsea when they were still under the previous management, um, and they were just absolutely not doing well whatsoever, out of form. Uh, they faced Wolves, Nottingham Forest. They drew against West Ham, who were not performing well. They beat Fulham. And, I mean, even in the Champions League, they look like they can potentially finish in third place in that group. Yeah, I agree. I think just eye test so far this season, Arsenal and Man City for sure top four. Just eye test. And then the other two spots are up for grabs, in my opinion. So 
So we'll see what happens. Manchester United, you know, they they haven't necessarily passed the eye test like every time you see them play, right? But you can see like having uh, one five of six where they're going and Anthony has looked really good. Very impressed with him. Um, I just, I see the direction kind of starting for them, but I just don't know if they'll get there because of the players that they have, right? They, they still need more signings and also just, uh, how long it takes for them to kind of fully understand the way Tennessee wants them to play. But like I said, Last two spots, in my opinion, up for grabs, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, we no, talk- I, say that again. Go, go yeah. ahead. No, sorry. Go. I agree with you. Um, but every game that I see United play, except for the Man City game, I see improvements made throughout the game. Like yesterday, when they played in the Europa League, they had freaking 14 shots on target and the goalie saved almost every single one of them and then it was a scraped out 1-0 victory and I think that was one of the bear, their best performances because they created so many opportunities and they played so well and they played so attacking and this type of team was playing a, like uh, a box defense where they were just crowding the box and United typically struggle with that but that game yesterday they were just creating so many chances and the goalie was just at unbelievable uh against everton away they were down one nil they came back with the victory uh and really i just think they are a stronger side and they more they play together the more they're gonna get better and i agree with your take on anthony like he's been great from the start three goals in three premier league games that's fantastic for him he's gonna build that momentum build that uh Build that confidence for him, and he's going to just continue to get better. He's solidified that right wing spot. And even Marcus Rashford, he has really turned the corner. Last year, he had a lot of injuries. The previous year, he was playing with injuries. Uh, and this year, with the full summer of rest, playing under a new manager who believes in him, his confidence is up. Uh, and it's really, really good to see from him. Um, but like I agree with you. that Those last two spots... I think it's going to be up for grabs with, I think it, it's going to be United and Chelsea. I think Spurs are going to fall out because they're going to have that tough fixture uh, list. And it all comes down to who can stay healthy. With Reese James being injured for Chelsea, Reese James is a huge component of their offense. Without him, it's going to be more defensively. They're going to probably score less goals. And they don't have a, they have Aubameyang who finally scored uh, in the Champions League. It it really is going to be who can stay healthy, who can string together consecutive victories, and the one thing that just keeps looming in the back of my mind for Spurs is whether Antonio Conte is going to stay. I just am not sure if he's going to stay the full season because with the issues that we talked about earlier with Juve, he can go there. And they wanted him. So uh, I really don't know what's going to happen there. But, uh, I mean, it's going to be a very tight contest for that top four spot. And you also have to give shout-outs to Newcastle and Brighton. Newcastle, as I mentioned, they've been fantastic this this year. They really have improved greatly with the signings of Bruno G, Alexander Ishak. Really have been uh, – really turned the corner. Brighton, even under Grand Potter, they did well. Even after Grand Potter, they're doing well. They're just – they're continuing. Uh, it's 
uh, I guess it shows that it's more of a system rather than a manager because those players know what they're doing and they just kept that system going and they're continuing to do well. Yeah, I totally agree. I, uh, as far as the top four picks, I still have uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, and uh, Man City. I, I'm swapping Chelsea in for uh, for Tottenham just because of the Graham Potter appointment, and uh, we'll see what happens. Right? We'll see what happens. I could we could both be totally wrong, uh, and we'll continue to just monitor it. And I know we'll get a better idea when we're 25 games in. But yeah. with that being said. Lucas, I want to save La Liga for last because El Clasico is okay. again. So uh, we don't have to go through every game for the Champions League and the Europa League. I just want you to give me your opinion if anything has changed at all uh, since last week. And then also, you know, shout out to our boys at Club Rouge for clinching a spot in the round of 16. Uh, incredible for them. 10 out of 10. I believe Bayern also clinched uh yeah yeah and i mean anything that you wanted to add to either of these two uh two leagues besides how horrible barcelona has been i mean yeah you took the words out of my mouth uh barcelona is not good let's just say that i i will say it's not barcelona xavi is not making the right decisions because when you are looking at the champions league matchups and you are looking at the games you saw that Frankie de Jong, when he came into the game, he has a huge impact in Barcelona. Yet, Xavi is still starting Busquets. Yes, they've had injuries in the back. However, Barcelona, the decisions that they've been making is just not the right ones, in my opinion. I mean, the one thing I want to say is that this Europa League is shaping out to be one of the tightest and most competitive competitions and it may be more exciting than the Champions League knockout stages. Because if you're looking at all of the Champions League third-place teams right now, you have Ajax, you have Atletico Madrid, you have Barcelona, you have AC Milan, you have Sevilla, and you have Juve. What, what is going on right now? Those teams are going to drop into the Europa League at, at, as it stands. Because... Of how poor they're doing. Barcelona need to beat Victoria Blazen and then also need Inter to lose both games. With that, I don't know if it's going to happen. Atletico is just, they still have a chance at finishing second. However, they're not doing well. Ajax are, I think they're washed. They're done. Uh, AC Milan, they have a chance as long as they beat RB Salzburg and Dinamo Zagreb. Uh, but I think it's going, to, it's shaping out to be a really fun Europa League. And usually people say, oh, you just won Europa League. But I think this season is going to be the season that people say, oh, wow, you won the Europa League. That's a tough competition. I think this competition, uh, compared to the UEFA Cup, has become way better in terms of quality the players that they bring in the the thought of third place teams falling into the europa league as well you know the the quality of this competition has and also you know the fact that you qualify for the champions league by winning the europa league all these changes have made this league so much more competitive than it 
it was when it was just the UEFA Cup. And yes. I mean, we've seen it become, it's become like a legitimate trophy that teams want. When Arsenal and Chelsea played a few years ago, Manchester United played Villarreal a couple of years ago. It was just the desire to win this game to qualify for the Champions League and how important it was. And uh, I mean, just totally, totally impressed with what they've done, what UEFA has done with this competition. Uh, really enjoy it. Don't necessarily enjoy the group stages, but don't know if that will ever improve. But once yeah, you can, yeah, once you get to the knockouts, though, that's when it becomes uh, amazing to me. You know, yeah. the, the core final stages, the round of 16, that's the time where I'm most interested in this league. So um, what else would you like to add? Or should we just go to La Liga? Let's go to La Liga. All right. Let's Because, I mean, you said it, El Clasico this weekend. Barcelona off out of form. Real Madrid, they still have yet to lose, I believe. But they have drawn in their last... Uh, two out of their last three. But yeah. this is shaping out to be one of the best El Clasicos in, since Messi and Ronaldo both left. Right, exactly. So both teams, you know, Real Madrid, like you said, they draw against Shakhtar midweek, and then they drew again, uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before in La Liga. So them and Barcelona both tied at 22 points uh, apiece, both unbeaten. Barcelona, man, only one goal conceded in La Liga, 20 goals for Real Madrid, seven conceded in La Liga, 19-4. So Barcelona on top with the goal difference. But the tiebreaker in La Liga is head-to-head, right? So with that being said, uh, this game this weekend is important because it's essentially four points uh, from one match, right? You get the three points, and then you also get the tiebreaker if Mm -hmm. the other team's to level. I know Barcelona is focused now on winning La Liga based on what Xavi stated uh, midweek and also the result where they could have lost against Inter Milan had Lewandowski not scored in the last minute. Uh, However, I think Real Madrid wins this game. Uh, I just think that, you know, they're just a big game team, man. And I uh, feel like they're going to get up for this one, especially considering what happened against Barcelona when they lost like 4 nothing, I believe, or 4-1 the last time they played in the league. So my pick for this game is going to be Real Madrid. I Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I will say it's going to be a lot more competitive than it was in years past. I remember they had the their last two El Clasicos ago was when they had a matchup in uh, Saudi, I believe it was. And they made up this tournament for La Liga where it was like the top four teams, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the most competitive ones. And that was Xavi's first El Clasico. And I think he's going to learn a lot more. Um, but again, I, I just, if he makes the right decisions, tactically, lineup wise, it's going to be a good matchup. It's going to be tight. I agree. I have Real Madrid because they're more consistent. You know what's going to come from them. Uh, and their form is a lot better. Yeah, they they drew against Shakhtar Donetsk, but going to Shakhtar and beating them is a difficult thing to ask for. They so, also always lose or drop points when they play Shakhtar away from exactly, home. Exactly. I mean, teams, it's tough to travel over there and play there. So uh, I will not put that against them. I think at home, 
this is Real Madrid's to win. I can see a low scoring a low scoring game actually. Like mm-hmm. 1-0, 1-0, 2-0 or 2-1. Um nothing really crazy. I mean, who knows? If we get a lot of goals, better for us fans. But I, I do think this is Real Madrid's for the taking. And actually, Nick, I didn't know that the tiebreaker was head-to-head. So yeah. that, may, that does put an extra level of pressure on these players. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think just going off of, you know, we're going to read through the, the rest of the La Liga. But, I mean, I thought like Bilbao. Uh, Valverde has taken over Bilbao, and they played extremely well since. In my opinion, they're going to qualify for the Champions League this year. I think they're so talented. They have so many underrated players on that squad that can easily play for any team in Europe. Uh, you know, Athletic Bilbao, I hope they make it. Uh, don't tell my cousins in San Sebastian, though. No. <laughs> Sociedad also been decent. So, you know, if my cousins are listening to me, then I definitely am giving you guys a shout. Atletico Madrid and Real Betis, you know, I mean, Atletico's picked it up a little bit. And uh, we'll see what ends up happening, Lucas. I think Sevilla's been so atrocious. They fired uh, Lovelier, uh you know, a couple of weeks ago. It hasn't really helped their situation. So I think Sevilla is just going to be out of it and uh, probably finishing bottom half of the table at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, with that said, is there anything else La Liga-wise or do you want to get into the bets of the week? Let's get into the bets because I've already placed some. I've done some research this time. My bets are not last minute. So I'm fucking, oh, excuse me. I'm ready to crack on. <laughs> Let's do it. You start us off then since you're so confident right now. All right. All right. So let me let me just go to, to the bets that I placed already. Um, I have Nottingham Forest uh, beating Wolves at plus four. four, four. Nottingham Forest. So I have this because, yeah. So Wolves recently fired their coach. They're they're on an interim manager. They cannot score to save their lives. Nottingham Forest has been in terrible form. They need to get a game. Uh, I just, you know, these two teams have been very disappointing. I know the turnover for Nottingham Forest has been crazy, but uh, I just, I feel like with those odds, it's worth it to bet Nottingham Forest here. So I like them at plus 440. Okay. My first one, Chelsea Moneyline minus 125 versus Aston Villa. Uh, I mean, like we've talked about with Grant Potter, this team has been in great form, beating uh, AC Milan 3-0 and 2-0, and then a victory over Wolves last weekend 3-0. This team really, really looks good. Yes, it's away, so that's probably the thing that scares me the most, but this Aston Villa side also have not been in the best form. So I really like uh, the Chelsea money line there. That's good. Uh, I also have Man City, Liverpool over three and a half goals at plus 116. I think that this is going to be a high scoring game. Uh, either Liverpool is going to blow out, get blown out or it's going to end in a 2-2 draw. Or maybe they'll scrape a win. But I just don't see how the teams are set up to not score some goals against each other. So I like the plus 116 here, uh, the over three and a half. So my last two, I mean, one is in that same game, but my last two are pretty much the same kind of bet. And it has to do with City Liverpool. 
Madrid, Barcelona, El Clasico. Both of them over nine and a half corners with City Liverpool at minus 114 and Madrid Barca at minus 125. Okay. I like both those bets just because Real Madrid midweek, they had 10 corners in the first half. City always tend to attack and they always just put it out for corners. Uh, so typically it's going to be a very tight game. And especially if the game is 1-0 and it's very tight, there's going to be a lot more attacking going on from each of the teams. So I like the over nine and a half for both of those games. Yeah, I also have a Real Madrid-Barcelona uh, bet, and it's just pretty straightforward. The Real Madrid money line at plus 120. Uh, I said I thought Real Madrid are going to win the game. I'm going to back it up and put my money where my mouth is. So I like them at plus 120 here. I like it. I like it. All right. With that being said, Lucas, I think that's the end of everything we wanted to talk about. So do you have anything that you would like to add before we go? Oh, give us that follow on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube. We are going to be posting content constantly. Nick is absolutely crushing it right now. Um, but I mean, besides um, that, Nick, I just want to say enjoy them techers and because there's a lot going on. There's literally this weekend is actually hype right now with El Clasico and Liverpool City. Sunday is shaping up to be a huge day. Yep. Off the post football on TikTok and YouTube. Off the post underscore football on Instagram. Hit over 200 uh, followers on TikTok. Over almost over 5,000 likes on TikTok as well. So. Uh, we'll continue putting out content and we hope you guys enjoy the show. We'll catch you next week. Take it easy.